0: Interesting! We have a series of regular questions that we ask all of our guests. Mm -hmm. Um, What is the most
2: unrealistic thing you believe in? The most unrealistic thing that I believe in is that pineapple belongs on pizza.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing.
1: I like that. Especially if there's some ham next to it. If there was one behavior or action you could get everyone in the world to do or stop doing, what would it be?
2: Boys scratching and readjusting their balls yeah. in <laughs> front of women.
0: Amazing answer. Yeah. You just had that on lock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the most annoying thing about people? The most annoying thing about people?
2: Eye culture. Um, people think that they come before everybody else.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, sorry, I can't attend. I'm too busy, or oh, I have to do this, or I have to do that. Whereas before, you made plans and you stuck to them, but now everybody mm-hmm. is more entitled than they once were before. So, very I very interesting. I
0: this is in direct uh, conflict with some lessons that I've been uh, <laughs> we've been we've been talking about this in our in our, in our house and our friends lately. I feel like. I don't, yeah, I, I feel like it is one of my most important values to never be flaky, like, if I say I'm going to do something, even if it comes to it, and, like, I'm feeling shitty, like, I'm not in the mood or whatever, like, I show up, and, uh, and we're talking, we've been talking about the merits of that, of, like, mm. is this, is this bad for you to, like, be, uh, to not, to Yeah, to not put yourself first, and I'm, like, it is an impossible concept for me to grasp that I'm supposed to put myself first. Like, I don't know that I... All okay, right, you might... Do you want to... So, I
1: mean, the, the controversy <laughs> is compounded, perhaps, by Gen and people's sort of reflex of yes. Like, yeah. like oh, do you want to go to this thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. And then now you're obligated to go when it was just sort of a sort of...
2: It's like a nice gesture.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, if that's not really what you want to do, where does your... At what point especially like should you become aware of you're agreeing to do things that you don't necessarily want to do and now you're hold to this obligation of doing it rather than being able to step back and be like no you know what that's actually not my cup of tea or no I don't want to throw that party for that person because that's a lot of work and I don't want to do it <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I'm like, I have. If there's ever an opportunity to make somebody feel special and loved, like that comes before me. Yeah, <laughs> but, you pick, yeah, oh. you have to say yes. I think that's. I think about that all the time. Like, like the reflection
2: of it, like, and learning to say no to things is really hard. And like, I've been a yes person for a long time. And then my friend was like, you know, you burn out because. You do everything. And I'm like, I know, I know, but I have, I have to. Like, I was asked to. Like, I can't yeah. say no. <laughs> exactly. And I don't want to waste an opportunity. Like... You get it. <laughs> what's on the other side of that? But yeah. then... So I've taken it in, like, trying to eliminate reflex words. Like, I'm sorry. Like, hmm. that has lost all connotations to emotion, like emotions and feelings to it. So I don't use... Th- I try not to use that word anymore. And I'm busy is another phrase that I will try and, like, refrain from using. Like, if I need to make an excuse not to do something, then I need to... Uh, I don't have to justify to everybody, but I need to at least find a reason behind, like, why I actually can't go instead of just putting myself above that moment and being like, I'm busy, I can't, yeah. which is a challenge, definitely. Like, sometimes you just are caught up with things or, you know, like, you have stuff to do that you need to finish. But it's very difficult, for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's a balance somewhere. Yeah.
2: When you is find that... it, let me know. Yeah, Yeah. Right. I
1: <laughs> To be fair, I'm sort of in the middle between him and the other person that was in this conversation. It's like, yeah, I mean, I think that if you can make somebody's day with a very, you know, a rather minimal amount of effort on your part, then even if you don't want to put forth that little minimal amount of effort, like, you're making somebody's day. It seems reasonable to do that. Like, come on. Yeah. But, you know.
0: Yeah, I so say like all of my judgments going through the world is joy versus suffering as like a cumulative equation, and if my suffering is less than somebody's joy, yeah, then like I have to choose the maximum joy, yeah. and the minimum suffering, and and whatever you know, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Like you can sacrifice like an
2: hour of your time for you know this thing, like whatever it is that you need to that you need to do, and I totally get that for sure and what grows through my brain is like oh this is just temporary so i'm only going to be here for like two hours like it doesn't matter what it is
0: right i've got like another like how can i try to make the most out of this like even if i'm not even if i'm not feeling well or this isn't my kind of crowd or whatever like what can i do to make this interesting and try to look at it as a game yeah like what can you get from it like flip it around definitely yeah. but well we watched um a, a, like a ted talk on that the scientifically proven that people like us are much more likely to get cancer and like all yeah. of these other things like if you don't put yourself first or if you if you suppress <laughs> whatever you would could you, so it's,
1: it's gabber mate he's talking about repression and it's a fantastic video you should watch it um well, everybody uh but he's saying that we sort of like instinctually learn to repress things as childhood in childhood. Like so say if you had like an alcoholic abusive parent, you quickly learn that saying no or getting angry or exhibiting pretty normal human behaviors, especially for a child getting angry, it's like, you know, you developing boundaries mm-hmm. and you quickly learn that this is not something that's going to be tolerated and you repress that portion of yourself. And this comes out in later in life and sort of behavioral patterns that wind up taking you away from your most authentic version of yourself. That's just one example. There's very, like, you know, there's a whole slew of ways this happens, even if it's that's a pretty extreme example, but even just, like, you know, far more subtle ways this occurs. Um, yeah. And then people who tend to have these tendencies later in life, there's a strong correlation to developing, like, things like autoimmune diseases and cancer and all these really terrible outcomes and what gabriel Mate would say if I'm quoting him right would be that this is all because you're repressing who you truly are
2: it all and comes I'm back to childhood trauma <laughs> <laughs> these <laughs> things that just keep circulating that yeah, you need to fix your inner inner self to become your best self.
1: Yeah. So you might say that Jen's you know knee jerk reaction and why she's now made like you know four people's weddings from scratch you know was, <laughs> is her knee jerk reaction to be a people pleaser, which may have happened maybe not from something traumatic, but just a lesson learned in childhood that yeah, makes people you love wow. me if
0: I if I please them. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's a very clear equation. Yeah. <laughs> I get to go to the wedding, right? if I <laughs> <laughs> if I'm,
2: on
1: it all and yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great video I totally recommend watching it because he does back a lot of these things up that kind of sound wishy-washy maybe or not maybe substantiated but he does sort of run through some, some more uh, quantifiable uh, explanations for these things that are pretty cool but uh, what is something that is really popular now but in five years everyone will look back on and be embarrassed by TikToks god I hope so
2: yeah I hope so I don't like them I don't support it but I think people will look back and be like oh my goodness I can't believe I spent nine months of my life copying dance moves mm-hmm. for five second videos
0: have you seen a lot of TikToks?
1: no but it's been in the news And my, my idea is it's the same thing as like Snapchat or like kind of like that but like with an Instagram flair yeah I know, it's
2: like a like, cross between the two definitely so yeah
1: I don't really understand how it got really popular all of a sudden. I was like, isn't there stuff that already does this? Like, <laughs> whatever. I
2: think COVID made it blow yeah. up. People had more time at home um, to develop these new skills. <laughs> these new skills. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was really
1: surprised, like, uh, seeing how much of an Instagram culture there is with people traveling, especially sort of shorter-term travelers where it's just like, mm-hmm. you're not even taking the time to appreciate where you are right now. Like, you're, you're literally just looking through your phone at the world around you. It's like,
0: yeah, it's oh been my horrifying. god! We went to Bali like two years ago and saw all That's... of these things that were just Instagram tours, mm-hmm. like everywhere. It was just like three-hour Instagram tour and like examples of the photos and uh, all of these little scenes set up around Bali with like whatever sculptures and like pillars and shit. Yeah, and we were just like, "What the fuck? This is crazy!" And people like, yeah, people were signing up for them. They were so popular to just uh, everywhere we went. It I mean, was just like the. This huge group of people waiting to like pose with this thing and do their thing, and we are like, ugh, Barbie, yeah. yucky. I mean, Bali's doing well to market
2: these tours at Instagram hotspots. Yeah, but yeah. We get, I don't um,
0: judge Bali, I yeah. judge, humans. judge yeah. humans.
2: We get influencers on trips sometimes. They might be YouTube vloggers or they have a large social media presence and stuff like that, and we have to cater the trip like a little bit extra for them in like certain ways. But yeah, it's interesting to see like their perspective of, of that side of the, the world and travelling and stuff like that. Like, they depend on a, mm. all these hotspots and things like that. And then they people book tours because these people have been on these trips. Like, you know, we had a um, Canadian Big Brother winner come on one of my trips. And then, like, you know, we had people who'd be like, oh, you know, I watched every season and he was my favourite character and this, this, this and this. And you actually see, like, how these people... How these famous people have an impact mm. on yeah. everyday influence regulars. Influence things. Yeah. How they manage to influence the world. Yes, have done it. <laughs> yeah. They've done,
0: they've done it. They've done it. But yeah. It's... it's yeah. TikTok is my answer for that one. <laughs> so, uh, what is your favorite thing about yourself? My favorite thing about myself... Oh.
2: It's a tough question. I haven't reflected enough during coronavirus to... <laughs> to know what my favorite thing about myself is. Um. Myself, is that I can adapt my personality for the r- for right situations and different people. So when I'm working, I know how to approach people in the older age brackets and younger age brackets, and can personify myself into certain situations, which I think I think is a skill, um, an interpersonal skill, I believe it's called. Um, so that's probably my favorite my favorite thing about myself, or that my eyes can change color. Um, <laughs> depending on the weather. So they might go from green to gray or gray to green.
0: Wow. That the other thing. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very fancy. Yeah, really cool. um, For the first one, that's something we talk about on the podcast a lot. The term is code switching. Okay. Um, and yeah, there's a really great Invisibilia episode about it. It's a podcast that we really like. And I have said always like that it's Trevor is the person other than myself who I've met in the world who is best at code switching and I think this is we went to the same um school and I think this is because we were both such outsiders and really had to learn to like completely yeah adapt or die and but it's like but like maybe it comes from like a slightly traumatic place but it's so nice to have a partner to like go through in the world and be a hundred percent sure that I can bring him to any group of people any situation ever and he's going to be able to like fit in and make people like him it's just so yeah it's, it's it is definitely um I mean i met Trevor and I like Trevor so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice yeah it's a it is definitely a, a skill but it's some it's I, I, I've, we've been reflecting on it in the last couple of years of being like, yeah, like I really wonder where this comes from, and if there is, I don't know, detriment. And again, of trying to find this balance between like really listening to like your intuition and your core voice, and trying to be authentic, and mm-hmm. and how do you how do you bring that to social situations while also you know being socially adept? It's a yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's difficult, especially if you like for example yourselves are living outside of your home country and you have to adapt to the local culture and like what's around you and like things aren't as simple as they would normally be if you're at home and it's like tasks like can you drink this water or you know going to get food and like different things it becomes more of a challenge and you have to make sure that you can fit into where you are so that you know there's not a problem that results like around you kind of thing which yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. uh, We've had some friends visit us who are are not uh, culturally sensitive. And it's been like, holy (laughs) shit. Like, so embarrassing. You can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, like, oh, my God, you can't say that. Oh, my God. Yeah, never. I, it's something that I absolutely have taken for granted of um, having him as my travel buddy, of being like, of course, anywhere we go, we're like, obviously, we want to know what are, the, what are the rules, how can we be respectful in this setting, and like, are very conscientious of that, not wanting to like. Step on yeah. anyone's toes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild.
2: Humans.
1: What is your most embarrassing story from childhood?
2: From childhood? Can I tell a recent one?
1: Yes.
2: What defines as a child and still a child (laughs) at heart? Um, So I went to a a live music mini festival very recently, Um, I was approached by an attractive male who was like, let me drive you back to the city, like, we'll go back together, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And this was my first time drinking, I think within like almost six months. And I didn't have my old drinking skills that I had before that. And so on the way back, we're driving back, it was like a 45 minute drive on a motorbike. I was throwing up off the side of the motorbike. And then I got dropped to my house and I came back inside and he disappeared because he thought that I'd gone who knows where. And then I went on a date last night with a different guy. And the guy who I threw up on was the one playing like the live music uh-huh. in this setting. and. I just had to go in and, like, say hello, like, slightly apologise on the side, and then try not to be, like, super embarrassed between, like, double situations which are occurring right in front of me. <laughs> Trying not to be rude by, like, using my phone whilst on a date, and then, like, telling my friends, like, you'll never believe what's just happened, and, like, <laughs> where I am, and out of all the bars I could have gone to in the city, it's the one where he's playing, and he's going to be here for at least, like, the next two to three hours, and so am like. Yeah, Did so. you tell your date? <laughs> no, I didn't tell my date. No, it was <laughs> no, no. It wasn't the right time.
0: <laughs> it wasn't the right time to
2: <laughs> talk about
0: that. <laughs> uh, what is the book that has most influenced your life? Mm, right
2: now, I'm reading a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Oh, um, and I'm only like partway through it, but I think it's going to be one of the most influential books that I read. Um, definitely. It's talking about your appreciation of life and looking after oneself first and it examples like a person who worked very hard for a very long time, came into some medical issues and then changed their life around afterwards, after that and um, my friend, like my best friend and she was my mentor at work as well, she said you need to read this book because there's certain traits that you have which I think you're going to, to relate with. In here, and you're going to learn it like a lot more about yourself and the world. So I'm in, like I'm ready to read the rest of it and see what it is and how I change my mind, um, mm. But also *Sapiens* as well. Mm. Um, I think that's a very influential book to to kind of get an idea about someone else's perspective of how, how the world came about. That's not the one we're taught textbook education at school. Whilst reading *Sapiens*, I was like, I've been lied to my whole life about yeah. everything. Like yeah. nothing makes sense anymore. So. I think that's, that's pretty, pretty compelling <laughs> yeah
1: huh. oh, that's exciting i'm happy you found that an exciting book that's
2: yeah it's just can't wait to read it
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh what life practices do you do to keep yourself sane and balanced
2: um i like swimming so, yeah. i love swimming yeah swimming is something that makes me feel like back to myself like literally cleansing um i grew up by the ocean so like if things were like shit or stressful or whatever you could just go down to the beach and go for a swim that was kind of like my safe space my happy place Um, so on trips I find it very difficult because I can't just go to the beach for a swim when I'm stressed Uh, we have swimming pools at the hotel it's not quite the same thing if you're in a stressful work situation and everyone's driving you crazy and you go down to the pool and they're all there drinking like cocktails and Uh having a great time and you just like fuck all of you seriously Uh you're in my happy place but Uh yeah swimming
0: is something that that I do that Makes me, yeah, feel good again. What is the most environmentally friendly thing you do and the main environmentally friendly thing you want others to do?
2: Um, my biggest one is drinking water. It's a very controversial one um, as well, having safe drinking water um, and trying to do it without single-use plastic Mm. a lot of the time. So I'll try and use, I have a stainless bottle, which I use all the time. Um, But going into new environments, it's quite difficult sometimes um, to do things like that. For example, here I have like one big water canister, which is made of single-use plastic, but I try and reuse it each time that it's refilled before doing my own ones. Um, So water is probably the main one, and trying to avoid plastic bags and cutlery is the easiest. So trying to take time to eat meals in restaurants instead of trying to get takeaway food and things like that. Um, And then second-hand shopping is one that I've always been a fan of. Um, upcycling, whether you buy, swap, sell, or you exchange clothes with your friends and different things like that. I think that's a good one. I think that's an easy one for people to, to adapt into their livelihood, especially as minimalism is also becoming a trend. Um, it's quite easy to rotate your wardrobe between yours and your friends, especially if you have the same style as your friends, then you can just be like, okay, well you can have this top for six months and I'll take your jeans for six months and then we'll swap again and different things like that. I think they're easy ways for people to make those small changes um because we do work with the exploited people in textiles over here in asia uh, we know a lot about fast fashion and about how many people die all the time and the ridiculous numbers um you know for larger brands to have these very cheap clothes that you wear once or twice and then dispose of kind of thing so Mm. that's probably my main focus behind those those reasons
1: our final question why do people do small talk
2: hmm you know when you meet those people who who don't approach small talk and you kind of recognize them straight away first they avoid those standard questions of hi what is your name what do you like doing what do you do for work those kinds of things we make a lot of small talk um, at work and we're conscious of it we know we're doing it all the time and it can be something to bridge between like, I'm gonna find your common interest with my common interest and then we can talk about something else. Or also I think people don't have or aren't confident enough to express themselves that they find small talk is the easiest way to avoid doing that. So instead of telling your wildest dreams and greatest passions the first time you meet somebody, the easiest thing to do is be like, so what do you do for work?
0: I love that you go to a positive one because we've asked this question to every guest and like a hundred percent of the time people are like, well, what, you're just supposed to start being like, you know what, I had sex last night and blah, 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 or whatever, trying to go to really salacious or raunchy or whatever, negative things. They're like, want to hear about my childhood trauma? I think you're the first person ever to be like, what are your wildest dreams? Yeah, (laughs) what are (laughs) your wildest dreams of passions? Only because I
2: would do it at work though, I think. So if I wasn't working in tourism, I think my answer would be different, but... We're conscious of the questions that we ask you always to to see if you're enjoying the trip and what you like doing. And, you know, little Johnny might love theatre. And if he says that, then you're like, okay, Well, in Vietnam, you can go to the water puppet show, you can go to these cultural shows, you can go to these different things. And it's, like, always in the back of your mind to please that person. So we need to try and find out things about your personality that are going to enhance your experience. So that's where my, my mindset comes from, which has been – that's where the 45 combat days have – of training comes from is to pick up on all these little details the whole time. So yeah, that's my
0: that's that one. Do you feel like being a tour guide has like changed your dating style? Like, do, do you date differently with all this training? Yeah. So
2: a few people in the team like were in long term relationships, um, and they still are. Or some people would leave because it would put too much strain on their relationships. When I was training, two of the boys that I trained with. Um, one had recently broken up with his partner and then I think had just gotten back together so they were trying to build trust and do all those relationship things again and she didn't quite understand the demand of what his training process was like we were out, you know, up at 6am or 5am doing activities and we were cramming two or three days worth of stuff into one day when we were just in the city for one day and we had to do a lot of tasks all the activities all the extra activities that we could do Have to go and meet people and he was like, Hey, I don't have time to talk to you. And she was like, Well, you have to. Like, we're getting back together. So you have to talk to me. You have to tell me these things. You tell me what you're doing. And um, it put a lot of strain on them um, doing that. And for me personally, I've never been in a long term relationship. Um, selfish in that aspect, I think. I have commitment issues, which is probably childhood trauma. Yeah. Uh, not putting, or oh, I choose to put myself first in that aspect. Um, I think it's the only time when I choose myself because I don't want anybody else to prevent me from an opportunity so if I'm asked hey do you want to come and work in Cambodia with this school yes Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to think about anyone else's feelings so that's one but since working in the tours like in on the tours and stuff I think I am changing and I think that I want a relationship because I want security and stability because my life is in shambles all Mm -hmm. the time and I want one piece of like stability that's there behind me but then I just think like it's not going to work. Um, at the moment, so yeah, recently like trying to date, I'm just like no, you're really boring, Like you don't do any of the same things that I do, your interests are completely different, and I think it's more difficult now, like there's it's such a weird situation of where you are, it's like, you know you can't be here long term, so is long term really going to work out for the two of you, and you can never come and live in my country because of where you're from, you don't have a passport your passport's not strong enough, and different things like that. So right now it's just kind of like, eh, dating doesn't exist um, <laughs> in my world until my mum asks me, have you met anybody yet that you want to introduce me to?
0: And I'm like, no, <laughs> not yet. Maybe one day, mum. Yeah, so, yeah. Interesting. Um, is there any advice you want to share with the listeners or things you want to tell people to do or if any final words of wisdom? Um, <laughs> or not wisdom?
2: Hmm. secondhand shop <laughs> trade clothes with your friends um, and when travel restrictions are lifted, try and target areas who would have suffered the most mm. um, during these times like researching if countries have um, government compensation and pensions and stuff for, for their citizens um, because yeah it's going to be a long time that people have been without work. I think
1: that's fabulous advice. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yeah. even considered that. That's really that's smart.
2: Everyone's going to, you know, pick five-star resort destinations that have really cheap deals that are going and, you know, that you don't leave the resort once the whole time, but you don't realize the impact that has on the, the local economy because, yeah, certain countries are going to fade very quickly, hmm. I think. And, you know, seeing all those advertisements coming up online all the time where um, you guys, example before on one of your one of your places you got to stay during COVID, that it was you know the price had dropped severely. Um, there's going to be a lot as soon as certain countries are allowed to fly, they're going to really drop their prices and things are going to go crazy like that. So, yeah, doing some research before traveling when everything
0: changes is probably the best, the best one for sure. Nice, very good advice. Nice. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yes, it's been a pleasure getting to know you for this. You're welcome. Thank you so much.
2: Bye. Bye, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.